kid's older brother owes money, and Johnny's holding him like a marker or something until he gets paid. So you're like Ransom or something. That's hot. It's okay. It's like another story to tell my grandkids. Stolen boy. All right, let me. Okay. Let me make sure I got my homies in the mix. Uh, homies in the mix. How are we All right, I'm good. Okay. I got my homies go. in the mix. I got my homies in the mix. Yeah. But who's the alpha dog? <laughs> I ask you who's the out. alpha dog. Hey, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to the show, Feeling Well. I'm Ralph here, as always, with Lloyd. And we have a very special guest, our first ever white woman, a very controversial group. <laughs> The financiers of the podcast <laughs> pleaded with me, Ralph, no white women. I put my foot down. The brand will be tarnished beyond recognition. <laughs> a group that's really been taking a shellacking during the quarantine. But nonetheless, we have Carol. Carol, mm. how are you? How are you faring hello, during quarantine? Hello. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm uh, back at my parents' house. Yeah. Yeah. I like fleeted, fled New York. So, um, but like Lloyd yeah. and myself. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That they're. We're all emigrants. Yeah, saying I'm not a true New Yorker, so. <laughs> Who's saying right. that? You're not toughing it out. You know the people, the people online. Right, right. You got some. You got some uh, survivor's guilt. Is that what you're <laughs> what you're feeling in this moment? Yeah, that's um uh, yeah, not really. I mean, I'm just kind of like trying to be okay and uh, uh, not complain too much. Um, Post because just just posting my life away. As one must, Online. as one must, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. As one yeah. truly must. I've been really taking a lot of solace in that past couple days. Yeah, and, posting is... You know, I was doing it before. It's uh, taking a different uh, 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 approach to my life. Carol, so. the last time I saw you was at your, your birthday party. Um, yeah. Where I, where I, it was a costume party. I dressed up as Bernie Sanders. It was a much more hopeful time. You know, Oh, my but, gosh. Uh, <laughs> Ralph, I have to show you this picture that uh, my friend got of us. Oh, um, I want to see that. Text that to me. Sh I will. It's so good. It's so good. I was waiting for a good time to post it, but now's the time. Like we I can use just... it to promote the now's pod. The time. We can use it Absolutely. to promote the pod. What did you What did you dress up at, at that party, um, Carol? What was your oh, costume? I, so the the theme of the costume party was um, New York icons. Um, mm. And so it was basically you could dress up as anybody or any character fictional you were jeffrey um, epstein political... if, if memory serves right <laughs> no i was not jeffrey epstein um, get her ass i uh i just decided to dress up as um kate hudson from how to lose a guy in 10 days um in the in the scene okay. where she uh, hmm. it's like the big, it's kind of like the, the climax of the movie where she shows up in this like yellow dress wearing like the big oh. necklace that Matthew McConaughey buys for her. A little, um, a little, or, or a little obscure conceptually, if I'm being honest. I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't think it's that obscure. Maybe not. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, How to it's lose kind of an epic, that's iconic uh, New York film. It's a popular one. I guess it depends on your familiarity with white woman culture. Yes, as a white woman, mm. I, I'm going to educate uh, everyone here on my culture, which. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm dying to see that picture, though. But also, it was. Oh, uh, it's great! It's fantastic. Things seem so much more hopeful then, you know. Oh, I know. And now I know. I'm. I don't know. What do you think of my quarantine mustache? 
<laughs> on the on the uh, topic of hopefulness, um, <laughs> what do you think of my mustache? Um, no, I like it. Thank you. Thank it's you. It's a good look. It's Thanks. a good look. I think uh, it fits the the pod. Is it a good pod- look, Carol? <laughs> the, from what I can see. Are we really going to? Sometimes uh, appropriate okay. is better than good. You know, I just want to live my truth, even if that truth well, is I a perverted a- truth. <laughs> It's pretty appropriate for the podcaster aesthetic. I yes, think. yes. Just wait till like I, I, mm. I just wait till I get my Addy tracksuit that I I spent my Trump bucks on. That along oh. with the wispy pederast uh, mustache, will just everything will really click into focus for me. Wow. But anyway, here on the podcast, we're 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 we're, we're dipping back into uh, feeling well movie corner. So uh, yeah. the other night. I, I, I texted Carol just just making a remark about what I was watching and uh, Carol responded in kind like, yeah, I watched Alpha Dog wasn't very good. And it was funny because I immediately remembered what this film was, which I have not seen, but I remembered it. And I said, oh, with Justin Timberlake. And and she said, yeah. And uh, for, for whatever reason, I remember this movie because at that time I just kind of kept up with as just like a high schooler who was interested in movies. I kept up with all the new releases, even though this was like a January dump movie that really didn't have any kind of afterlife. I remembered it as being like Justin Timberlake's first foray into feature film acting and whatnot. But anyway, it rang a bell and I watched it. I remember you said like, yeah, I was going to do like, like a zoom watch along with my friends, but I, you know, it's not that good of a movie. I didn't want to subject them to it. And so naturally I was like, I, I will watch, I'll watch it for content you know but, uh... I, I will watch i will watch please i watch and so i watched it smelling potentially thematically relevant content and i think it delivered because i think that my 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 thesis going into this is that okay so how does it relate to our current moment uh as you've stated you're back cooped up in your parents house now you like lloyd and i you're in the the media business the content business you're a professional video editor as we are um Oof. and <laughs> yes and uh <laughs> and uh you were doing the brooklyn thing but uh 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 by whatever calculus uh we're all back at our parents place um I grew up in Long Island, which has been well documented on this podcast, obviously a uh, trash suburb of New York. Uh, You grew up in a suburb of Nashville. I feel like we both share. I'm sure there are significant differences, but I feel like we both kind of nurse to this day an inferiority complex coming from like an unhip place where it's like you're you're in proximity to like a major city but it's like you grew up with like a certain degree of of if not financial aesthetic white trash and it's like you want to escape that and yeah and, you... and and i want to clarify the the part of nashville from which i'm from is um it's a part called bellevue and it is right on the uh border of um nashville between kingston and davidson county so and that's like it's like basically the last part it's it's the last exit before you start going off towards like memphis and jacksonville which is like really just the boonies um and so um i have a great love for it but uh bellevue is is it's it's just like 
middle pretty bum super middle lower class like very normal um as my mom uh, i would love quoting her on this um she says it's where culture and sidewalks go to die (laughs) yes well i've um, spoken about this on the podcast (laughs) often like long island like probably even more than where you're from like trash people they at least like in other places have characteristics or a certain flavor like there's rednecks or there's hill people or there's folks who wrestle gators we're in long island there's none of that color there's none of that culture it's a place utterly devoid of culture it's it's just people with with terrible accents just being selfish and entitled but anyway my point is that i feel like uh, this movie why i think it's relevant is that okay so many of us lloyd included is that we're in this moment we're we're forced to reacquaint ourselves with uh, and confront our hometowns, our childhood settings. And this movie certainly reminded me of a certain tendency of like suburban white kids who engaged in in some version of like racial cosplaying or if it's not explicitly racial it's like a class element or it's like it's 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 it's, it's like play acting as if you're like someone from the quote unquote streets or what i remember it's, people in middle school and high school calling yeah. rather problematically like the ghetto a ghetto aesthetic a ghetto style uh dress yeah. and manner i mean it's it's like a bunch of like dudes who were in a little league baseball team together like basically we're just out of high school and started a drug ring a suburban drug ring yes and like that they really didn't have that anything at stake but i mean we can we can go through the movie oh we're going to have you seen the movie (laughs) Okay, so I want to I want to clarify. Like, I did not I did not see this oh, okay, movie okay. myself. Um, you, I was it was it was requested that Lloyd I was that I watched busy. the see, movie. Lloyd did not grow I, up in the outskirts of a major city. He grew up on a dirt farm, and so he was busy yeah, tilling yeah. the dirt, dirt uh, today. A dirt farm? Yeah, like I was you guys farm busy tilling dirt? the dirt. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. It's a it's a small suburb outside of um, outside of Augusta, Maine, and like so they would they would have me drive down to the ocean load up the car with uh with seaweed <laughs> then we'd go back seaweed? to the then we'd go back to the farm and and put like put like handfuls of seaweed into the into the dirt with the potatoes and that would become the fertilizer for to that say year's nothing crop. of the cabbage so water absolutely oh uh, don't get me started about mama's cabbage water what this is yeah. main culture <laughs> That's right, yeah, main. That's right. But uh, wow. but anyway, my wow. point is that uh, Lloyd, so I think that's much. actually valuable because Carol and I share this kind the of like farm. skepticism and kind of self hatred <laughs> in regards to like living in the suburbs. And you, as a rural boy, you can kind of uh, you can kind of be the audience surrogate. And as we go through the movie, mm-hmm. you can pose questions or 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 proffer your own theories or just kind of. Or, okay. or, or or whatnot but um yeah Got so it. like uh you know uh, carol was texting me that she was watching this i remembered what it was she said 
OMG, 14 minutes in, there's an N-word, which Carol does for all movies. Like I just, it's just an arrangement we <laughs> have. Like just whatever. I just like to keep abreast of these things. It's just like, yeah, so uh, Django uh, Unchained, four minutes in, N-word. And I go, oh, good. And I make a note of it in like my Google Doc and I review it. And I'm like, oh, huh, Ratatouille, no N-words. Hmm, curious. No N-words. But, uh, <laughs> but, it's no a valuable data set, you know, like you... You mark down the you mark down the timestamp. You put it in the Excel yeah. spreadsheet, and like you can you can you can make Basically, a graph. Basically, my excuse for to. going through this movie is that I think it is an interesting snapshot of the early two thousands. That it says something about yeah. this 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 white suburban culture that 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 uh, often is tempted to, as I said, like racially cosplay or subvert oh their yeah. privilege in yeah. some kind of aesthetic so- fashion. That there's is, so many things to just like dive. There's so many little avenues this th- this movie gives you to e- to go down. Yeah, like in, in a sentence, of, like what's your thesis statement going in before we really get granular? Oh, what, what drew I, you to this movie? What made you want to ironically revisit 2006's Alpha Dog? You know, I think it's I I, I just really think it's about just like the cult the culture of just privileged white kids who don't really have anything to lose like getting into drug sex and crime and just like trying to be like glamorized for it but like not really understanding the consequences and just yeah. kind of and it's funny cuz when they I don't was really in, have anything to when lose I was in middle so school and high school really... I remember do you remember the tall tee movement when everyone was wearing a tall tee and very baggy jeans tall tee oh like just like the biggest t-shirt yeah 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 the long t-shirts yeah, big and tall because at the time i remember looking at those those kids when i was a little kid and thinking like oh that's that's stupid and misguided it was only when i became an adult that i started copying black people and now i want to wear like the track suits and, <laughs> and the jewelry and be like a rapper so it's like only now that i'm doing that but at the time not oh. so yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, there were a lot, because I, I went to a, a high school, uh, I went to Hillwood High School, which is um, actually in the middle of a, um, it's in the middle of like this really old money part of Nashville, and because of the zoning, and because of how many private schools that Nashville has, um, I, I think Nashville's like one of the highest ranked uh, private schools per capita, um, so Ooh. Ooh. chew on that. And That's then rough. so so <laughs> we're so I'm zone, I'm in Bellevue. We don't have a high school out in this part of Nashville, but um so we're all zoned for Hillwood, which none of the kids that live in the actual zoning for that high school because it's in the middle of old it's right next to a country club, like Hillwood Country Club. So no one's actually zoned for that school <laughs> that lives in that neighborhood. So they basically huh. bus a bunch of kids from North Nashville, from Bellevue, from uh, West Nashville, which is uh, known as the Nations also. So you've got people from Housing Projects, the Nations, and Bellevue, which is just middle middle class, like upper, lower, whatever. So it's just like this. So there's a lot really, of class mixing it's very kind diverse. of in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a really small school, but it's very diverse. A lot of class mixing. And so. Well, I think that's common of because like, as I said earlier, like Long Island is obviously a suburb of New York where mm-hmm. you come from a suburb of Nashville, like these these major cities. Not that Nashville compares to the fucking Big Apple baby. Number one. But uh, can't <laughs> wait to get a one. slice. But uh, but uh, 
unlike Lloyd, who, well, I understand, hey, well, you may not know this, but Lloyd, I mean, you did have, what was it, like a kind of Rastafarian phase, which was, was its own form of kind of Oh, my God. Cosplay. Wow. <laughs> Son of a, oh, You're just boy. Am I wrong? I, I thought I'd seen this. This is, this is uh, for the uninitiated. <laughs> Ralph is telling a falsehood. I seem to remember. He's I don't spreading know. lies <laughs> and falsehoods on this podcast. can refer to the archive. I seem to remember something Lloyd like just that. Got but my point is that Lloyd not this living Lloyd, on the outskirts of I a mean, major city, let, I feel like that makes it less likely, himself, this cosplaying. Though. But let's get into the movie. Should we get into the movie <laughs> Alpha Dog 2006? Okay, paint, paint me a picture. Right, Where do we okay. open? Carol, I have how my do, notes. How do we begin? I'm going to go through it beat by beat. Yeah, go for um, it. I don't know how well you remember it, but please chime in anytime if I forget a major plot point or you have an insight. And then maybe at some point, if you're comfortable, I can switch it off and you can kind of narrate. Sounds good? Sure. All right. So we open and there's a home movie montage of, is it Anton Yelkin? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Yelchin, 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 the now deceased Anton Yelchin, right? Yelchin. who like fucking didn't pro- p- uh, park his car properly in his garage and it just like crushed him or some shit, right? The Oof. recently deceased Anton. So anyway, it's like there's an acoustic cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow over <laughs> home movie footage of uh, of the young Anton. And uh, Anton, even as a child, has that fucking five head. Like, honestly, it's like he's good in this movie. He's like a good actor. But it's curious he even got his career going with that fucking forehead. It's humongous, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's a good thing he had that flat bill turned around. Oh, yeah. But like we're treated to the full compliment of his forehead throughout this movie. I feel like <laughs> I didn't notice it. Well, anyway, next. Okay, so we have Bruce Willis. So the thing about this movie is that it has a lot of formal or stylistic devices that it introduces, but like kind of forgets about or abandons. Like I felt like the faux documentary book ending it has was very tacked on and half-assed, right? Because like the, the first proper scene is Bruce Willis, who's in like three scenes of the movie. He's like addressing an off screen interviewer. And he says something like, you know, all I'm going to say about this is that you need to take care of your kids. All right. This is about I'm parenting. looking at it now. This is weird. <laughs> it's are, so are, bizarre. Are you doing like a little watch along? Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm, so I'm, it's uh... like this like faux documentary structuring device and like the cucked off screen off mic interviewer who oh. I guarantee you is like the actual director. That was like the director's touch where it's like, I'll be the voice. It's kind of meta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says like, oh, what about uh, don't you think it's kind of fucked up? And like Bruce Willis calls him a jerk off or whatever. Next, we see <laughs> Emil Hirsch. Lifting weights and trading homophob- homophobic jabs with his homies. We see the tatted up Timberlake. Folks, we got the whole fucking what I made a note of calling the honky squad is here. <laughs> Just a bunch of dudes being guys. Uh, yeah, one yeah particu- that's how I'd say it. Yeah, one particularly ditzy himbo talks to Hirsch about how, dude, I did my chores in the bro house, I called it the, the in, uh, like they seem to have like this this ill-defined like co-living situation, this 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 cracker commune. They all seem to live together. Yeah, yeah what is going on like here? The, like they're they're all working together like the, in a in a yeah, garage. 
a trash white boy mm. like incubator. But like uh, it's it's like in a uh, yeah incubator is a good word. But it's like I did some research, which is to say I read the Wikipedia article on the guy that this was based on, uh, Jesse Joyce mm-hmm. Hollywood. And this is supposed mm-hmm. to take place in West Hills, California, which I think is a fairly affluent uh, neighborhood in Los Angeles, which I think plays West into Hills, yeah, yeah I what so. I find to be one of the more problematic qualities in the movie. But anyway, they're they're calling each other gay, and uh, it would appear that Emile Hirsch <laughs> <laughs> they're calling each other gay is uh, is calling the shots. And there's one dude. Is that the guy who gets like cucked later? I'm just gonna call him like loser bro. But he's like, uh, dude, which guy? W- dude, where's my money? He's like, I'm gonna get it, bro. And yeah, so this is based on Jesse James Hollywood, who was this kid who grew up in this like affluent neighborhood in L.A. And the weird thing about this movie, so this is my main gripe about the movie going forward, is that like, so apparently, okay, so Bruce Willis, these are based on real people. Bruce Willis is his dad. So apparently this kid, like his dad was like a marijuana distributor and he would have his son, Jesse James, here played by Emile Hirsch, like distribute his weed and and make money and he had like a little white kid crime syndicate and it's like funny because like that's interesting how that would come to fruition and but like the movie takes that for granted the movie doesn't take any time to explain uh how this came to be what it does instead is that it just airdrops you into this fantasy world in which emile hearse is a 19 year old fucking drug kingpin and like on the one hand it's like i appreciate (laughs) the fact that the movie is depicting like white drug dealers because it's obviously a racist misconception that there aren't white drug dealers like there there are as many um white drug dealers and users as non-white but like these kids they they seem to be uh based in a fairly affluent area and the movie doesn't contextualize them at all it doesn't qualify their circumstances at all and i feel like the reason it doesn't do that is because what the movie is really interested in is situating these characters as like a fantasy object for like an imagined white boy audience like they don't yeah, want to go to the trouble of like uh, they, they they don't want to expound upon the context because like yeah, really it, the best I'm sorry but like the best version of this movie like it reminded me of like the Michael Bay film Pain and Gain which is like uh, a movie about like these like idiot bodybuilders who want to uh, uh, get ahead in life so it was also based on a true story so they like uh, 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 like conspire and come up with this plan to like kidnap this banker and they end up murdering him it's just like these idiots who are trying to get ahead who are in over their heads and they end up like suffering these consequences and this is basically the same story but the tone of this movie is not satirical a better version of this movie would have been a goofy satire but instead this movie kind of takes them at their word and instead of like qualifying like isn't it ironic that these rich white kids were were choosing to play act as gangsters and they ended up doing something unforgivable and it blew up in their face. The movie doesn't take that angle because to take that angle would make it less appealing to the imagined white boy audience. They wanted it to be porn for these white boys. It's like, hey, you can have your gangster media. Here's Emile Hirsch as the fucking godfather, as the fucking gangbanger head honcho. So it took out everything potentially interesting about the movie, refused to look at these characters through a critical lens, and instead presented something like, oh, here's the white version of like a black 
drug dealing gang banger movie. What were you going to say, Carol? What's your take exactly. on that? No, I was just saying like, it's, it's just, it's bit, I could tell like from probably five to 10 minutes in there, the plot doesn't even take off. And it's just like, you can just already tell that it's a lifestyle movie. And it's, it's, I think party, the party scenes take up 80% of the movie. And I think it's like almost two hours long. And it's like, it just takes so long to even get going that once it does get going, you're like, okay, wait, what, well then what, why do I care about any of these people? So it's just, it just wasn't like, I just don't think it was structured very well either. Um, but I think that was because of Nick Cassavetes, just who son is- Son of John. Son of John Cassavetes. And he is known for his, you know, um, uh, 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 the godfather of independent film. Yes, and and he loves to um, incorporate documentary things and uh, or, or nonfiction style. So it's I just think he was trying to hit it to he was trying to hit it right on the head in terms of like incorporating reality, but it just ended up being this like incorporating reality in what sense? At like um. Like the interviews and the archival footage and like Oh interesting. So you think that was a misguided homage to his father? I mean, I think well, I again I think John Cassavetti is like does a lot of he he incorporates a lot of like um improv kind of nonfiction Yeah style in his work. And so I think yeah, I think he was trying to do that a little bit in this movie, but um but he's not also, actually also he's not actually interested in the real reality. Story. He's interested in the fact this is how I feel. It's like it would be one thing if it was about like poor whites because then it's like, oh, yeah, these people out of desperation or drug dealing. But like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like uh, these characters are not poor characters. They're no. people who are, are electing to deal drugs because they want to live out this drug dealer fantasy. And the movie doesn't question that. The movie is like, yeah, that's cool. Because what the movie ultimately wants to be <laughs> is not like an honest dissection of these characters. It wants no. to present these characters as, as something that is, uh, as we've said, like lifestyle yeah. porn for its imagined like suburban white yes. audience. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely lifestyle porn, um, and it basically, like, it, it starts, it gets going once, um, this guy, uh, what's his face, uh, uh, uh Mazursky shows up, Jake Mazursky. Which one is um, he? He's the fucking crazy guy that has all the rage attacks. Oh, Ben Foster. Ben Foster, yeah, he, um, so he shows up to the, to, um, uh, la, 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 la jesse's house who's the main character kingpin um that's hirsch and he basically is like hey oh wait wait, wait, hold on i have a few notes on this you're skipping ahead oh am i i'm sorry all right so like (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to get ahead of us now you know uh, it's important that we hit we're we're, we're getting mad granular here all right so okay so just a bunch of dudes being guys all right, so like, yeah. uh, so Hirsch <laughs> meets up with Bruce Willis, who's just fucking hitting baseballs, right? And it's established that Willis is his dad, and that uh, uh, weirdly uh, uh, Harry Dean Stanton shows up, right? <laughs> Wearing a bucket hat, <laughs> right? And he's like calling he's Emil Hirsch out. gay for not getting enough yeah. pussy. <laughs> 
so fucking chaotic. Yeah. And like, <laughs> oh, but before that, like Emil Hirsch, he has like a meeting with like this like frog looking ass dude in some apartment about like, oh, you need to pay me my money. Remember that guy? The frog yes. guy with like the gelled yeah. blonde hair. I made yeah. a note that that guy just looks like if date rape were a person. Oh, like he just looks God. like date rape personified. Yeah. And uh, these people are all so young, like except for Harry Dean Stanton and and uh, and Bruce Willis, like. All these guys in this scene, they're so smooth. Like, they're so... They're okay, so, so like, I was going to get to this later. Like, but let's, let's talk about Emil Hirsch to that point. Like, he is very miscast in this role. I, I have to heavily agree. Like, I do not buy him. I, like, here's the thing. Like, I feel like okay. Justin Timberlake should have been the main guy. I miss... Justin Timberlake's the most charismatic person in the movie by far, I felt. Even though he's in a limited role, I misremembered this as like a Justin Timberlake movie. He's very much a secondary well, that's character. What, that's what all the press was about, too. But the guy who should have played, yeah, that's why I remember it. I remember yeah. that, yeah. But the guy who who would have been best in Hirsch's role is a young Mark Wahlberg, because he would have pulled off the fucking trashy, like fucking white dude. Like, hey, better pay me, bro. Yeah, right now. Whereas like Emil Hirsch, he's like he's too much of a cute chipmunk, you know. He's like cute, but like he he's like too handsome, but also too yeah, much like a, like, like a like an didn't adorable. Didn't he go on rodent. to do like Into the Wild after this? The Sean Penn film, which I have not seen, but I do not buy him Into for a second. Into the Wild, like that fairy nature granola ass movie. Yeah, or even like the Ryan Gosling movies where Ryan Gosling is supposed to be intimidating. Like he pulls that off better than Emil Hirsch here. Like Emil Hirsch, uh, like he he never transcends his like pretty boy. Yeah, I mean he definitely like he just gives off the vibe that he's like a good kid, you know, with like a good heart and a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, I just want to pick him up by his armpits and tuck him in for bed and be like, good night, boy. Whereas when I looked up the pictures of like the, the 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 pictures of this guy Jesse James Hollywood, he looked menacing. Like yeah, I, he's like kind like, of like a buff bro. Yeah, scary. Uh, again, early Wahlberg vibes. He's like Emil Hirsch little... doesn't look like he would blind a Vietnamese man with acid. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would <laughs> pin him for that. No. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's no yeah, good. Yeah, I think Mark he was Wahlberg miscast guy. for sure. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, there's a Um, scene where it's, like, Hirsch is just, like, at some, like, ratty convenience store, and it's just, like, fucking vibes. He gives, like, some cops a dirty look. Okay, and so then... Yeah, which, that just takes entirely too long. Yeah, it was pretty unnecessary. like, fuck the cops for, like, ten minutes. Okay, so you could take it from here, Carol. So Ben Foster arrives at some Mick mansion where we see this yuppie mom and dad and finally the beta nerd cuck Yelkin you want to walk us through this um sure wait we're talking about the dinner scene yeah yeah when he walks in okay yeah he just walks in and he's like it he walks in and he's they're like oh hey what we didn't expect you to come and then she already has a plate ready for him somehow uh Gives him a plate of dinner, and then he sits down, takes... And Anton's like, hey, good to, good to see you. Hey, buddy. Good to see you guys, yeah. Hey, but yeah. So he's like his cool older brother who's like a degenerate drug dealer, yeah. Yeah, and um, so he's 15 years old. He's supposed to be playing a 15-year-old. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, <Go> yeah, on, <laughs> yeah, shy. So he's We're just like... just kind of providing uh, color commentary, yeah. So hey, then he... Yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> he's like, he's, he sits down with his plate, doesn't take a single bite before he's like, sorry, can I talk to you in another room? And he's takes his, I think it's takes the dad. yuppie dad aside. And yeah, he's like, he's, he's like, Ben Foster does a lot of face acting in this movie. He yeah, does a lot of like, bugging out of his head. A lot of overacting with the old cheeks. He's impersonating someone who's yeah. on speed, who's been railing speed for the last 24 hours. He seems like he's on a bender the entire movie, pretty much. Um, but he's just like. He's asking the dad for money and the dad's like, oh, I don't know. And it was only in this scene in her first close up that I realized that Sharon Stone plays the mother. Yeah, and she sure. comes she in. She doesn't and she's, get like a, any kind of proper introduction. She's just kind of like it's so unceremonious it's really for sad. such a for such I a star. Like and so- I remembered like her her sexiness is dimmed considerably by the tragically mom haircut they saddle oh, her with yeah, here. Really and I remember sad. this came out the same year as the uh, as Basic Instinct two, the long gap sequel to the original. Which yes. I've I've only seen the nude scenes of that from the time, but her titties <laughs> were not worse for the wear. You know, she was keeping it tight. Not, and I like Sharon seen... Stone in the original Basic Instinct is the hottest woman on earth. I think we can all oh, agree. Absolutely. But I would settle for her in her fat suit late in the film, which we'll get to. <laughs> but but uh, oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to just fast forward to that part. <laughs> but anyway, she's mad at him. Ben Foster's head is weird, oh, man. So this is strange. I'm looking at it right now. He's got a so, weird He gives a very veiny, twitchy performance. Yeah, he's just cracked yeah. out, asking his stepdad or whoever the fuck that guy is for money. And he, the guy's like, you know, it's really not about the money, but we can't just have you, like, not paying us back. And he was like, give me the money! And just starts, like, freaking out. Yeah. Basically leaves exits that scene pretty much after that and i think like we smash cut to the first black people in the movie we see a music video where some people are playing basketball but then someone comes through and just guns them down and it turns out it's a uh it's a music video and that cuts to so like hirsch and the gang are having a party he's getting sloppy making out with his hoe as everyone else is like shooting pool and doing this or that oh wait you skipped over the part where they're literally they're they're like partying and having a great time but then they stand up they're watching the video and they go these guys aren't cool (laughs) i was getting to that well the loser bro was like (laughs) These guys are cool, but then the token Hispanic guy, he's like, dude, all they are shooting is a music video, bro. Like, right? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which yeah, is they... gonna which is gonna be a callback later, I'm just gonna say. Spoiler alert. But uh Uh-oh. the inclusion of this video made me think they were like setting up to make some kind of point about race, but not the case. That never comes through. Yeah. But anyway, like uh Hirsch really is like Hirsch is lady is a uh, is olivia wilde to my surprise a pr- i guess a kind of pre-fame olivia wilde but uh like this there's this like this loser guy like this is like this try-hard guy who's like dancing and making a spectacle of himself like frogman is there but then like timberlake starts to insinuate uh, insinuate that loser guy is gay for hirsch and like a lot of homoph- uh, homophobic epithets are exchanged, and like I realize we're not supposed to condone the behavior necessarily of these characters, but like the movie wants us to think they're cool, and even for like these like thug characters, like the casual homophobia feels like a lot 
like it felt like the movie was dated in this regard like these are supposed to be like bad boys but it's like there's like so much like fucking just like homophobic insults that are bandied about yeah, and it's like if yeah. this movie it's, and which is not necessarily not true to life but again the movie is not like condemning tonally Justin Timberlake saying like dude you want to suck Emile Hirsch's cock don't you bro <laughs> like we're kind of supposed to yeah. enjoy it whereas so, I feel yeah go ahead he basically like threatens so he's, he's taunting this guy who seems to be the freshman of the whole group who's being like hazed into their little drug ring and he's like basically like hey you you like you love Jesse like you would suck his dick if he told you to suck his dick and everyone's like oh, oh shit yo, oh he gay he's gay he's a f word faggot mm. whoa and he's easy. like whoa you can beat me out there <laughs> carol please <laughs> hey um so then he's like uh he's like come on like i wouldn't like i'm not gay for him like stop and then no bro i don't i'm not gay for him i just respect him like mad a lot but then like yeah, Hirsch is like, like yeah, nah, you're gay him. suck my dick and he's like no i won't and he's like you won't motherfucker and he's like oh and i feel like the <laughs> modern version of this movie they wouldn't go there like the emile hirsch character would be played by like finn wolfhard or whatever his name is from stranger things and like for whatever reason all the all the gangbangers would like be woke and like one would have like a sister who's transitioning and there would be like the one loose cannon character who is homophobic but like Finn Wolfhard would give him like dirty looks like dirty disapproving looks and later in the movie he'd be like yo that's not cool but in this movie it's from a different time it's from 2006 they just let the homophobia fly unexamined yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it and then like they what happens oh and then it's basically he ends up being the character wait should i spoil spoil the what movie <laughs> you Spoils know what, what? oh well, i made a note here okay so well, ben foster shows up to talk to character. hirsch okay so this is 18 this is the 18 minute mark and i made a note uh i don't recall hearing any n-words thus far so i don't know what you were talking about carol about there being an um, n-word it's 14 in the- minutes did you it's, like maybe imagine N words? No, no, or? I didn't. It's in the scene with, with the um, rapey guy, where he's like, "Are you uh, trying to um, easy?" Uh, <laughs> I won't say it. I won't say it. Uh, he's like, "Are you? Are you?" Tra- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I, he's like, "Are you trying to jip oh. me inward? Jip me?" And I'm like, and it's like i don't recall that but i'm okay well i'll send you well, anyway so ben foster comes over this. and he he owes hirsch money and they get into like a fist fight right and like i did not buy this fight at all like both men seemed like very sheepish in like the choreography and then everyone comes out and they're like yeah. get this bitch off of me oh, girl like jumps in he goes through oh oh my god i'm just i'm watching it right now like he he <laughs> Uh, Emil Hirsch puts Ben Foster like through a glass yeah. table. Then Ben Foster does that thing where he leaps to his feet, like from a lying <laughs> yeah, down position, yeah, like like, like very very clearly he does, a stunt like, guy. A burpee, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and then like later they like now take him the, the yard. Now he's in the brandishes a gun, oh. and like and uh, he calls a lot of the the K word is bandied about a lot. Uh, and then they eventually just they just they they part ways. 
Oh, I've 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 jumped ahead now, and there's a oh, there's a nice yes. Sexy next scene we right see Ben this. Foster Ooh. immediately. He's fucking this hot chick, but then yeah. Anton shows up, and like this uh, is, this Carol, is you remember scene, this? You want to take it from here? This is the scene where we are the the audience is let in on the fact that he's a neo Nazi because he has a Nazi tattoo and Nazi. Wait, what? He's Jewish though. The character's Jewish. He has a not. He's got a swastika he tattoo on his chest. Oh but Emil Hirsch gosh. calls this him the K-word because he's Jewish. There was, so, okay, but, so I'm looking at his tattoos right now. Emil Hirsch he's repeatedly got a, he's got calls a swastika him the K-word, tattoo. though. I'm confused. Like, he's got a Hebrew tattoo on his neck. He's got a tattoo in Hebrew on his neck, but there is a okay, swastika Okay, so that's what right we call there. in screenwriting class nuance, then. <laughs> mm, I was looking yes, up, there, there was a <laughs> Jewish defense league, uh, which was, I did some research on this, which they... It's it was there was a big like organization cluster in California and they were very like uh, white supremacist neo-Nazi um, type guys. So they were very interested in that kind of like culture and I and, and involved in like neo-Nazi beliefs and political ideals. So but like people who are Jewish I, who knows? I don't, who's, I who's don't to have say? to explain their actions. <laughs> anyway, so like, I who's at the door it. to interrupt their fucking, it's our boy Anton. And boy like, Anton. Ben comes to the door and he's like, hey, bro, what's up? And then like, his, his, his girlfriend comes like naked with just a towel. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so glad to see you. And she like gives him a hug and then she hobbles off. And Anton's like, oh boy, I could see her butt. You were having sex with a lady. And he's like, yeah, yeah, dude. Come on, let's chill. And then, like, <laughs> they're like, sitting around. Yeah, I'm kind of, like, really cool. <laughs> yeah, had, I'm, like, yeah, a really I've, cool guy. <laughs> yeah, I've had sex. Yeah, I've had sex. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm kind of having sex right now. So. <laughs> yeah, come on in. Come on in. And then they all sit down. They're, like, make him smoke weed. And they're drinking. And he's, like, complaining about his mom. And then, like... And there's a big photo of a Nazi rally Thank in the you. background. Thank you. Damn, I missed the Nazi yeah. shit. Well, no, I'm I'm looking it up now. The the Jewish Defense League is a real thing. It's like a far right extremist organ. I don't know. That's I'm going to have to look into this afterwards. This is weird. It's it's a uh, it's it's far right Jewish extremism. I mean, like I may be ignorant. I just so, thought that, like the Jews and Nazis were like antithetical, but you would have thought, <laughs> right? Like, one uh, would think. I don't know what's going on here. This is a new one on me. But anyway, his this, mom yeah. calls looking for him and they're like, shut up, bitch. And then like eventually he like drunk drives him home. Right. And then yeah, um, he's basically. Yeah. Yeah. Did I miss he, something? He gets high. He gets high with his with with uh, uh, what's his face? His older brother. Foster um, and the girlfriend. Yeah. Foster they like the smoke weed and they drink. And, but then the mother calls complaining. Yeah. And then and this then like goes directly. Goes to a weird scene where like Foster starts waking out at like his daytime job boss. Like, oh my god, this scene is insane. You want to describe it? Um, I feel like this this was the part where I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh at this movie or not. You're and... definitely not supposed to laugh. <laughs> yeah. I was like cuz basically he gets called to his like his boss's office like his parole officer called his boss or something yeah and he's like hey like we we really need you to like take a drug test and like dude starts like spinning the fuck out he goes crazy um 
Well, you mentioned earlier, like, like, how he may be, like, influenced by his father. And I feel like this movie has, like, a lot of extended, like, real-time, like, freak-out fight scenes or whatever. Because I feel like this scene has, like, kind of, like... Yeah, where it was just, like, I felt like Ben Foster just, like, he... Like, I feel like Nick Cassavetes was like, okay, I just need you to, like, get upset with him. And then Ben Foster was like, okay, I'm gonna turn this shit to 11 and go way over the line, like more than what is even necessary. They have like a gritty extended fight though is what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. it just keeps going and going. And, and you're he trying keeps to like, ape that he, like unpredictable there's, aesthetic. Yeah but, yeah, but it's like, it's kind of that, it's kind of that thing where you're trying to direct two people and they need to like have some kind of goal, but like Ben Foster's character doesn't have a goal. He's just trying to like get himself back into the It transparently his looked office. like two actors improvising who weren't sure what yeah, the, the, pro- they, the It felt the like goal neither was. of them were really yeah, clear yeah. of what was supposed to You can always tell when it's like two actors who are like improvising in spite of direction, in spite of knowing what they're yeah, supposed to accomplish. Yeah, it just felt really unguided and so Ben Foster's character it just keeps like trying to fight his way back into the office and the boss is just like please leave please we we don't want it goes for it goes on for like weirdly long (laughs) redundant beats which i kind of like yeah i mean i just felt like it could have cut like so much sooner and it just kept going and you're like okay wait are we What's the point of us sticking around for this repeated action over and over? And well, I think it's because it's supposed to be like a, it's, it's supposed to be a like a simulacrum. Like it's like you can't predict what's going to happen or whatever. It but. felt like one of those Family Guy fight scenes, or one of the, that Family Guy joke where he just keeps repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again until you're like, okay, it's a joke, right? Like they're doing this on purpose, and then it I kind of liked going. it. I kind of liked it. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he gets fired from his job. So that's like the last straw for Ben Foster. So then uh, next we're treated to a scene in which Foster and a team of lackeys, they go to the honky, they go to the cracker commune, uh, home of the honky squad, and they start honky taking squad. fucking axes to their doors. <laughs> honky squad. And, they're, and they're, they're attacking their doors with axes and uh hirsch wakes up and he's like geared up for a shootout as they invade the house he's like got his gun out and uh they're going in and out at one point ben foster i was confused because like he like squats to shit on his floor having invaded his home (laughs) but you don't see the shit come out of his ass so i was like oh the point is that he's unable to shit but then later they're like, dude, there was fucking shit in here, bro. So I feel like in the script he's supposed to have shit, but the actor was just like, or they were Didn't just like, produce. we'll show your ass, and then it's presumed that there's shit. But I was watching very closely, and like you see his ass in the before yeah, and after, and there's no evidence of shit screen. having you're, transpired. You're definitely looking for shit on the floor, but the man didn't shit, so it's just, what was the point of even showing him shitting if there's no shit? <laughs> I feel like they were trying to get away with like, all right, so Ben is going to, he's going to show his ass. He's going to squat. We don't have prosthetic shit. Maybe we can do it digitally. I don't know. But it's just like, you don't see shit at any point in your tree. It's like a wide shot of his, of him with his ass in the foreground, but there's no shit. So I feel like maybe they were like, oh, we'll make it work in post. And then no one got around to actually creating the synthetic shit. We're just supposed to assume. (laughs) 
which yeah. I resent. That's laziness. I, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, Ben. It's really like, unfortunate. I want either a real turd. I wanted to see the poopy. A prop turd. Or if you must, this is not my first choice, far from it, a CGI turd. But like, they just like, if <laughs> no one will care, we'll just cut away from it quickly enough that no one will notice. I noticed. I noticed. I was waiting for the turd. I assumed there was no turd. I created a new narrative in my head that it's like, oh, that's actually interesting thematically. He wanted to spitefully shit, but he couldn't. And that speaks to kind of his his impotence of his identity. But no, not the case. I was giving the movie too much credit. I was giving Nick C. I was giving old NC too much credit. Turns out he just didn't want to shell out for simulated shit. He just took the lazy route, which I thought was disappointing. But then, but, all right, so the he next day, JT... He redeems himself by taking his TV, his, his plasma screen TV, which is... Those were pretty high-tech back then, in 2006. That's right. He had a wall mount. That's right, <laughs> the year of uh, right Hurricane Katrina, right? Not that that's relevant, but... What did you say, Hurricane Katrina? Yeah, that was 2006, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I what a bad so. time that was. I anyway, so. so Justin Timberlake comes bad into time. the house this next morning. And he's like, Fiesta, motherfuckers. Are you ready? And he's like in his fedora. <laughs> and uh, the, the the cracker commune, the the <laughs> the uh, the morale is low. And then it's like they're like, dude, like someone came in here and fucked up her shit. And then they leave and they're like, this is part that I'm confused. What is Fiesta? They keep talking about Fiesta, this thing that they have to go to. But uh, Fiesta, as they're leaving, uh, Hirsch and JT insult the cuck boy, the, the the boy who's being like, who they were like, oh, you want to suck his dick? They're like, they're insulting him and whatnot. And yeah. so Hirsch, JT and the token Hispanic go knocking on some motel room door i think they're looking for foster they can't find them they end up throwing some rocks through his window they're like whatever fuck it so they're driving off but as they're driving so like anton the the, the beta cuck boy old yelkin his parents are arguing uh sharon stone calls uh his dad a pussy they're concerned that anton will turn out like ben foster they find a bong of his anton comes down he's like hey what's what's up and they're like son is this your bong and they're like he's like i don't know what this is whatever and he like gets into a shouting match with his dad and um he like leaves he's like i just woke up leave me alone he like goes to his room to like get dressed but then he like hops out the window and escapes and then he's just like he's leaving he's like he's he's fleeing his home and then like curiously this is 37 minutes into the movie and like for the first time a, a title card comes up that says like day one again like these formal devices yeah. that are like, introduced and done away with like I, yeah yeah where it, it was like it would it, it would start doing this thing where i was like suddenly realizing i was like oh did i miss something or like okay day one of what very haphazard exactly. yeah very strange very strange so anyway, the Honky Squad finds him on the street. Do you want to take it from here, Carol, if you remember? Um, I don't remember this part. All right, so they... <laughs> so, Ralph, take it away. So they, they... I, can, I, can, I can try. Yeah, I'm, Lloyd, uh, I'm they watching They find it. Anton uh, walking on the street. Let, Are you at the same point? Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They chase um, after him. They beat him up. There are witnesses watching. Mm -hmm. There are more title cards that say, like, witness 12, witness 13. And they make off with Anton mm -hmm. in the Honky van. <laughs> yep, we got we got a, a wind Can farm in the background, and now we're in how like much a I love the like word a stoner house. Next, okay, so they've kidnapped <laughs> Ben Foster's brother, 
as like a ransom for Ben Foster not owing, not having Hirsch's money. And so JT and Hirsch, they mm. have a powwow and they decide to take him along with Frogman to some guy named Chucky's Pad. He's like some older stoner dude. Chucky. Stoner dude. Yeah. Pretty unnecessary scene. But he has like, a lot of bitches. Huh? When when they walk in, there's a lot of bitches in this place. Yeah, like, he's got he's, a duo of bitches. And he's yeah. like, yeah, come in. He's like, bro, I don't even know these guys. And they're in my fucking bedroom. I'm just and trying so to fucking smoke weed. Bring, they bring Yelchin in. Basically, it's like Justin Timberlake, the whole posse, brings the kid in in order to, as a place to tie him up and duct tape him. That's when they decide to duct tape him. And this is like the day after they kidnap him. They're suddenly deciding to do this. And this guy's like, really? In my house? Like, I can't believe you're doing this in my house. And he's like, hey, can you just leave? Like, just yeah, He like, like cocks a gun, this guy that he just entered his, his place. And he's like, yeah. yeah, motherfucker. And he's like, I'm going to Fiesta. But when I get back, I hope this isn't still ongoing. And it's like, what is Fiesta? But then he leaves. And then there's like a scene where like they're all gaming with Anton and they're like, oh, dude, I got a date. I can't fucking take this guy. And like, what are we going to do with the kid? And then JT's like, I guess I'll take him. And it's like, why did we even have to have this scene at this like random older guy's place? But then uh, then then JT takes him away. Right. And uh, yeah. uh He's Lauren, like, do you have that scene pulled up? I remember that apartment being just decorated with the most gaudy shit. Can you? No, tell it us just looks like a fucking apartment? dorm room. Yeah, it's got it's got like the wall hangings Can and like kind of some some gaudy some gaudy describe bombs. it, Lloyd. And uh, listen, if you're if you're looking for um, kind of this is, <laughs> this is it looks like it looks like a it looks like a dare video. <laughs> Like, uh, D, I won't do drugs. You know. A won't have an attitude. Mm-hmm. R, I will respect mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> e, I will educate me now. This is from my middle school. But no, 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 no. Check your oh. attitude oh. at the door. All right, I do you're... not want That's to beautiful. score. All I want to do is win <laughs> in this drug war. Officer Nancy, don't push me. Don't press me. Don't call me friend when. All you want to do is drag me down. This has got to end. That was a weird, like, chorus <laughs> rap they taught us wow. in uh, elementary. Holy wow. shit, We had dare wow. class. Did you guys have dare class? We, we had, had dare class. We didn't have we, that. We I might have I might have gone a different way if they had that. <laughs> That's way. seared that, into that, my memory. Wow. That's yeah. something else. But go on, whatever <laughs> you were saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't think I can top that song. No, um, tell us about the. Tell uh, we us got about a. The we got. We got a leopard print bar. We got a. Oh yeah, I remember what, the bar. What's, what's, what's going on? There, here? Weren't there that's some tapestries? Cool, that's cool. Tapestries. There's some tapestries. There, there's like lots of tie dye. There's the, um. There's bead work. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's good it, stuff. It's just like a um, pot layer. Straight out of central casting, you might say. Um, oh, I went ahead too. I went ahead too far. I am back with Ben Foster, and he's doing a highly choreographed. Yeah, fight. take it from there. Oh I think he goes. God. He meets up. So the family of Anton <laughs> are concerned. They're like, "Where is he?" And Ben's like, "Oh, fucking no, bro!" And they get into it an argument, into and then this, he goes like, to this martial bar, arts right? movie. Yeah, he's like, he shows up at this random party, thinking that his little brother's gonna be there. 
Yeah, I remember right? I made a note. I was confused by this scene. He just like fucking like decks this like series of people. And like, what is that? People. What does that accomplish? Like, yeah, he just starts fighting people for the, I guess for the for shits and giggles, and just I, has like this rage attack and starts, and basically like very, uh, uh choreographed way like beats up like three people, three guys, and then. Like, everybody in the room is like, made a circle, <laughs> made a hole for him to be beating up these dudes. And then he's like, well, if anybody sees my little brother, uh, let him know um, Jake Mazursky is looking for him. I made a note here that this was the first time in the movie that I learned that the main character's name is Johnny True Love. yeah these people's names are ridiculous are you fucking kidding me huh so like okay so jt has been tasked with like looking after anton and so they're walking down the street why is everyone antagonizing justin timberlake in this scene do you guys do you remember why Uh, like everyone's like calling him gay on the street like what what was that about like i was confused by that everyone was like giving him shit where are they in this part? I don't remember. I don't know, but eventually, like, JT, like, stops at, uh, at, like, a convenience store, and he's like, I'm gonna get a beer, and he, like, gets a beer, and he, like, makes Anton, like, smoke or have a beer, and he, like, says to him, like, hey, yo, like, how's this sound? You hop on that bus, I just fucking tell true love that, that you ran away, whatever, and we just pretend this didn't happen, but Anton's like... Ah uh, no, I don't. I don't want to cause any trouble. So this is like our first indication that Anton is like he's liking this little taste of the life, you know. <laughs> he's liking this exposure. <laughs> he likes having friends, however make believe, in this in this gangbanger oh. sphere. You know, he's getting hooked on the life. And JT's like, all right, dog, cool. And so they go back. Oh, he's got he's got like a he's got a forty. He's got he's a cigarette. He's got himself a forty, yeah, and in due course, he will first, have himself a shorty. He's getting his little Lloyd. toes wet in terms of what it's like to party, and you know, wow. When when was everyone's first beer? Let's go around. Oh. And how did um, it feel? First beer or first time like drunk? First beer. first beer drunk whatever your. First I don't know if I remember of... my first beer, but I was a late bloomer well, overall. That... Okay. My my first beer was a a Samuel Adams and it was in my my friend's dad's recording studio. So, pretty pretty classic recording place to as have in a like beer. a musician. He was a musician. Yes, he was a he was a Christian oh rock my musician. God. <laughs> Elaborate. A, What's his he had name? A, That's funny. Mm-hmm, he had he had a well, he's not famous. So I'm not gonna, oh, What was his stage name? I can't. Come I can't. On. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, I, if if he had one, I'd tell well, you. What did you um, call him? He's not a he's not a touring musician. I I called him. Um, I called him um, uh, 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 Papa Jubilation. You just made that up, and uh, I made that up off the top of my head. That was not a stage name. I, uh, <laughs> but he had he had a beer but fridge a up there, and it was full of like who had a home studio. Christian rock musician um, had a home studio. How old I were think you? his day job was like an anesthesiologist, what? so he had like. He had plenty of money Damn. to like, you know, set up a studio. Um, but it was it was a nice place for us young boys. Well, to how how come old were you? Yeah, not bad, not bad by my my standards. Um, we had, uh, you know, th- he had like Sam Adams and like like uh, like German stuff, like Bex uh, and like Spaten. 
It was uh, it was it was uh, nice. It was it was a nice uh, introduction. How old were what was you? That? Um, I was I want to say sixteen. Okay. What Ralph, about you, Carol? Oh, okay. Uh, I was sixteen. I had a Mike's Hard Lemonade. I was with the se- it was at it, yeah it was with uh, uh, the seniors in the marching band that I had just joined. Um, and they had started kind of inviting me to their parties and, uh, we had the hookah out and somebody was like, Hell yeah. Hey, I know you're a freshman, but <laughs> do you want a beer and, or do you want a drink? And I was like, you know, yeah, why not? And so that yeah, was dog, how you it went cool. and it was good. And I got really pretty drunk on that one. Mike's hard. And after that, it oh, was yeah. the rest is history. So I felt pretty cool. Felt pretty cool. Mm. And it was on the back porch of somebody. It was a it was a high school marching band alum. So he wasn't even in the marching band. He was still hanging out with us. But yeah, yeah. Wow. So we, uh, were, we were all nothing young. like a nothing we were like all a young Anton. Nothing like a cold another, beer, you know. Yes. Yes. High school, high and, school marching band is a cult. Because I can't, I, I, I still like a, I still like a nice cold beer. Every you also like a nice marching band. Mm-mm. You only listen to like kind of like sea shanties and marching band recordings, if I understand. Yeah, like John Philip oh, Sousa. Yeah, I know that guy. Things of that nature. I love a nice, uh, um, a nice I love tuba. A nice you know, symphonic band. Something. As the you percussion. Say, I tell you, Ralph, you can't. Uh, I love a nice. Br- I like brass. brass. I love. I love brass me some brass. Horn, that baritone. Have you heard the Nothing new lifts brass? The spirits. I'm like that's, that's a. That's an element. Of, that's not. What do you mean? The new, that's not a thing, Lloyd. What do you mean the new brass? Oh, uh, mm, I don't know. The new brass, new woodwind. That's not. Those are different. That's that doesn't make any sense to phrase it that way. Well, well. I don't even like that's classical music. Cool. I like woodwinds. That's, woodwinds. Anyway, woodwinds fans. I like the idea. All right, so, all right you guys. Um, so JT takes Emil Hirsch okay. back to his pad. Guess we're not And he interrupts his uh, chunky dad is mid threesome with these two younger women. Which I thought was pretty chill, and next, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, come be my son, oh, this is my boy, yeah, I love him so much." And next, there's like a David Bowie needle drop that I thought was pretty unearned. Wild is the wind from the album Station to Station, yeah, which was, was the period in which it's it's of interest to me. It was the period in which David Bowie did so much cocaine and subsisted on a diet of only uh, chili peppers and milk, and apparently he remembers nothing from this period. But anyway, from that seminal album, God, uh, we hear rolls. "Wild is the wind." Uh, JT's dad tries to kiss JT and introduces him sloppily to his bitches and Anton is transfixed by it's funny because like Anton is like watching this like wow this is so cool but it's like clearly like a strange and perverse and incestuous image but for for whatever reason it's 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 very uh, salacious to him this cross cuts with a sad Sharon Stone. Okay, so the very next morning, JT's dad wakes him up and he's like, ah, do your chores. And he's like, fuck you. And he's like, I'm hungover. Do your chores. <laughs> and uh, Oh, God. JT shows Anton around his dad's uh, estate, his enviable garden, Lloyd, uh, uh, which include And these scenes, these scenes are all split screen, yeah, by the way. Yeah, there's some random really fucking split Unnecessary split screen, split screen so that, so, that, that serves no purpose in this movie. <laughs> But a, this is fascinating. I might I might watch this really movie should. after we're you done. Really um, <laughs> you really should. You really should. You really should. It'll be Wait, is there a split screen in that scene? Are you on the same scene where he's showing yeah. the garden? Yeah. yeah. 
It's like a yeah, split man. Screen. It's, like, it's like funny because are... the movie does a split screen, but it's always of the same image. Like, presumably, you do a split screen so you can like juxtapose two images. But it's like, yeah, here's this and here's this like from like another it was angle. Like, oh, we haven't done a split screen yet. Well, why not now? It's very <laughs> yeah. It's, co- it's yeah, like a completely no, superficial it's, it's very... implication implementation. <laughs> yeah. Like I I, no I I wanna I wanna just share what I what Please. I just saw. It's like it's like a, a zoom in on Anton Yelchin like like mouth mouth open wide like in awe of Justin Timberlake's dad, um, and then. Like that shot fades to black. It's the like the, the the left quarter of the screen, and then the other shot keeps going for like a full five seconds. It's it's baffling. It feels like a mistake. Like if I if I I don't know I'd get yeah, if fired it were for like yeah. a little bit in. more of a mistake. It would feel like an art house flourish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you're onto something. So like yeah. it shows. It's so, so like oh. time, like Jay, what were you saying, Carol? I was just saying it's so strange. It is strange. So like JT's showing him around. He's like, he's got this garden and he's like, oh, we got our homegrown weed. So I guess like also JT's dad has his own like weed. And um, yeah, that guy never comes back. And so basically he lives at this house. It's like, it's, it's a huge, it's a mansion. Is it in Palm Springs or Santa Barbara? Or? It's called like West Hills or something like that. Uh, no, I think they took, they took him to Santa Barbara. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah they, they took him to Santa Barbara. And so to I guess JT's dad's house who's who also we what we find out grows and harvests weed. And so he so the kid so JT starts getting Justin Timberlake. JT. We know. That's been a <laughs> Well there's two JTs, there's two JTs, <laughs> Johnny True Love. Um This is this is circa the period in which he was bringing sexy back. <laughs> this is so true. He <laughs> Basically gets this kid to start like future sex love sounds. Picking weed. <laughs> he starts. He gets this kid to pick like harvest Seminal weed record. nugs. Oh my god! Smell. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm I'm lost in a Carol, nostalgic please. reverie. But go on. <laughs> please go ahead. Um. 2020 experience uh so he, <laughs> um yeah he gets his kid to start like cutting weed nugs off of all of these plants that he has just growing in his backyard um and it like ensues this montage where he's just like hanging out like cutting weed like just doing like the trap house lifestyle kind of yo, version yo, yo. It's just really, it just feels very, like, sanitized and, like, weird, and it just doesn't... Oh, for sure. I also made a note that it's hilarious that it's, like, the most scandalous drug in the movie is weed, which is, like, like the most normie shit in the world. Today and also in, like, 2006, it's like, look at how hard these guys are without this weed, brah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, this was back when I feel like people... Oh, wait, no. Instagram was... 
Sorry, never mind. I, I'm getting my dates mixed up. But there was I no Instagram Insta- in 2006. There wasn't <laughs> no, even I know, a fucking that, Facebook in 2006. Yeah. But I just remember, like, when Instagram first started, people, it was, like, the cool thing to do to, like, post a picture of, like, a weed nug on your Instagram. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's even true still to this day. But it's just hilarious because, like, these I are supposed to be, like, like dangerous criminals. Like, the anymore. elevation of weed in this movie I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's just what it, the, what it made me think about was yeah, those people. But, like, but, Okay, so there's this um, scene like, where there's like a girl, there's this white, <laughs> there's this white girl and just this absolutely fucking awful skinny white like emo guy. Uh, who who's just is? Like, yeah, he was just like so. Who we, huh? I realized later is, uh, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays Pete in Mad no, Men. No, Pete Campbell is later. I made the same mistake. Pete oh. Campbell is the what? one who they just borrow his mom's car later. This is not the same as oh. this emo kid. Oh, but I also made weird. that mistake. Okay, They're both sorry. two skinny, pale white boys with yeah, black hair. Yeah, I remember hair. being like, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, let's keep going. But he reminds me of a lot of kids from my high school, but like, so they're like leaving and then the mom is like, all right, well, I'll see you later. This is my me and my husband's your father's uh, anniversary, you know, so clean out. And then this <laughs> oh awful like skinny emo kid is like, oh, yeah, you're going to fucking suck his dick. <laughs> and yeah. he has like this like, oh yeah, <laughs> right. There's a lot of that in yeah, this movie. So yeah. much. And, I, it goes on for like, I want to say like at least two weirdly or three long. And she's and she she gets like weirdly not that mad. She's like, oh, get out of here, you. You know, he's like, oh, you gonna swallow she's like, his cum? Stop <laughs> the... <laughs> yeah, uh. it's so weird. And it, <laughs> yeah, he's Christ. just like making a big deal out of how it's like their anniversary, and then they're like, come on, like we don't need to be here anymore. Let's go. Yeah. Or like, where were they going to the mall or something? So next, they're at out. JT's place with some girls, including Amanda Seyfried. Amanda, Amanda Seyfried is yeah. in this movie. And and, and JT what? introduces Anton to the gang. They're getting high and playing video games. JT has one of those harlots sucking upon his ear, as one does. What fellow doesn't like that? So <laughs> Anton is like having a moment with Amanda Seyfried and another one, who I only later realized was future Johnny Depp abuser Amber Heard. That Did you is pick up on that, her. Carol? Is that? I did not. You know, I knew you know, she looked familiar. I, I was. Huh. I anyway, they're, they're flirting with her, but then JT gets an angry phone Abuse. call from Hirsch, and then he tells like, he tells uh the the excitable girl about the whole hostage thing, and they tell everyone, and they like freak out, but the other two are like, the other two girls are like inexplicably turned on, or like, wow, you're like ransom, and then they like coin the phrase like you're stolen by. Which I thought was just so contrived, they're like so turned on. They're like, "You're stolen by," and that becomes like a recurring thing in the movie. Yeah. I don't know what's. In, I mean, like, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know what's intrinsically attractive about him being a quote stolen uh, boy, but uh, that's that's their thing. And uh, <laughs> huh? Okay, so JT gets an angry <laughs> phone call from Hirsch. And tells it, and like the awful emotional, the the movie's words, not mine, bitch. Uh, is like, it tells her about the whole hostage situation. She's freaking out, but then like weirdly, like Amanda Seyfried and Amber Heard, the this like duo of hoes, they're like into Stolen Boy, right? And they're like, what? I think it's kind of clawed, hot. And then we have possibly my favorite quote of the movie. I think 
Carol, both our favorite quotes. So this, she, and it came after basically people are starting to, re- basic people in their friend group are starting to realize that this kid is stolen. Um, they're getting, getting into out. deeper shit. They're getting yeah. into deeper shit. The, the consequences are starting to show themselves kind of, but not really, not just yet, but people are realizing, oh, this kid's 15 years old. He's been kidnapped and, um, against his will and he's just here hanging out and we're trying to pretend it's not an issue so this girl is basically she's going through all the emotions of the skeptical girl trying to process all of it and in throughout that process she's she says uh uh ralph you have it it i have it here please read it So, like, okay, so Amanda Seyfried and Amber Heard, they're, like, turned on by this whole situation. It's like, wow, this is cool. You're, like, doing crimes and are a hostage. This is cool. But then Concerned Girl says, this shirt is fucking cool. Bob Marley is cool. You think kidnapping is fucking cool? (laughs) And then there's a lot of screaming, but then they're like, bitch, shut the fuck up up and then they start smoking and chilling and honestly at this point I'm kind of digging the movie's vibe I have to be honest that really took a turn for me at that point that was a really pivotal moment I think um because you know it was just like oh yeah I think I think um somebody says that's hot the the quintessential Paris Hilton quote wow that is so circa that period that's hot uh uh I think uh um what's her name says it I can't remember her name. Oh, Amanda so, Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried says it's hot. So that's hot. You know, um, but so it it was a it was a nod to Bob Marley. It was a nod to that bitch's shirt, but it was not a nod to the kidnapping. It was no. It was basically them just kind of realizing, oh, this is a real crime. Um, but again, well, skipping her, over at least from her perspective. Yeah. yeah. Again, skipping over. Uh, we don't really have that much to lose. So yeah. So Hirsch. Okay. So Hirsch shows up, and Hirsch and JT they have a powwow. They start freaking out because it's like, yo, dog. I spoke to my lawyer, and apparently kidnapping could make you go to jail. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> apparently, uh, I noticed in this moment that Emil Hirsch's beard does not connect. Mm, not really crime lord <laughs> material. But yeah, uh, kind of a pussy. Hirsch kind of like semi-ironically floats the idea. It's like, huh. What if you like fucking killed him? And JT's like, bro, I don't would not feel comfortable committing murder. And he's like, ha ha ha, ha dog, I'm kidding, of course. But it's like obviously he wasn't. And uh, so then they're like, okay, so they settle on this plan where it's like, all right, I know we kidnapped this kid, but we're gonna be like JK. That's not what we actually did. We're gonna we're gonna pretend as if like we're just hanging out with him and it's chill, and we're gonna make him feel welcome. And he's not going to want to even acknowledge the reality that he's been kidnapped. Right, Carol? Yeah. Basically, they're going to try and use him to convince the authorities that he was there on his own doing basically just hanging out and uh, using basically throwing an arm around him in terms of like being his buddy and telling him that they have his back and telling him that it's all going to be okay. See, this is this is another this is another instance where I'm like, this is like such a richly ironic and like potentially funny premise for like a satire, but they don't view it from a satirical angle. 
you know like that's that's funny where it's like again i like i earlier i referenced the movie pain and gain where it's like we kidnap this kid but it's like oh now we're gonna act like we're boys like that's like a potentially rich like kind of a satirical subject but it doesn't approach it in that way it approaches it in like a stone-faced sort of way yeah anyway they're having a party and uh uh you know like emile hirsch he's like taking a taking a rip from a bong but then like uh anton is like in the kitchen with uh amanda seyfried and they're about to make out but hirsch uh uh impinges upon what they're doing and he's like ladies can you excuse me you know and he's like yo bro like what does he say to him he's like yo dog like you comfortable dog you enjoying the party like like you having a good time man and he's like yeah yeah man it's been it's been cool it's been pretty chill it's like yeah cool like this shit with your brother dog like like it's crazy bro but i just hope like you feel uncomfortable like like fucking you got like right yeah he basically apologizes for kidnapping him <laughs> you know he literally starts his thing his spiel by saying hey i'm sorry like i you know i don't i didn't mean to kidnap you but this stuff with your brother is nuts and you know while you're here yeah, bro, we might like, as I well think you're have chill, fun bro, but yeah like, i think we're yeah. cool but we might as well have fun with it while you're here so you know just like let's have a good time and like you know we're we're looking out for you so you know just kind of he's like trying that. to like obfuscate the fact that he like kidnapped him in the first place yeah and then we're um, like we have a scene where like skeptical girl who you will remember had that earlier scene where like emo boy is like are you gonna suck his cock you know yeah. she like goes home and she interrupts her mother having like sweaty wait, sex wait, with wait, her wait, father wait, wait. you're skipping over this whole part where they he basically is stuck alone in this room with these two girls one being amanda Seyfried. This one other girl, I don't remember what her name was, but Amber she was Heard, party. I okay, yeah, party chick number two is like, you guys won't believe that I can actually chug an entire bottle of alcohol. Whoa, whoa, isn't that later in the movie? No, that's like that's at the party. There's multiple parties in this film. Am I skipping ahead? I feel. Like I think I'm you not... might be skipping ahead. No, I don't think I am. <laughs> Lloyd, can you verify? Can you fa- fact check? I'm trying. So I'm can trying. you skip to the okay. part, Lloyd? Skip to the part where um, it's it's they're they're in the kitchen. It's Amanda Seyfried, and um, yeah, it's like the one on one with uh, Jesse mm-hmm. James Hollywood with, and with, uh, Yelch. Yep. Yep, and the Yelch. You're there? Okay, okay. I'm here. Can you skip ahead and and see whether there's a chugging scene? <laughs> I know the scene you're talking about. I feel like that's later. I think that's. I think it's like right. It's at. It's. They have that conversation at that party gotta, right before he. I won't say it yet. Uh, no, they they cut away. They cut away from oh, the party really? after this. Now I got Amber Heard and I got a. I got a crying girl. Now I got uh, Emil Hirsch on the phone with with uh, Ben uh, Foster. I, guess I got excited. Okay. Um, I think that's yeah. a little later. I got, a, a, I got a lawyer a on the phone. Scenes, I got, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, there are quite a few. I got JT. Okay, so what happens after yeah, that? Yeah, I got JT and Amber Heard. Oh. They're back at the pool. We got a we got a GMC, and now we're back at a party. Oh, uh, no, who is that? Okay, that's that's Anton uh, pushed JT into a bathtub. Oh, oh that yes, is the scene. That? The fight but isn't scene. that later? I feel like it's the same. It's 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 not the same party, but it's like it's like no, a, just they, a couple of minutes like a of movie time. tumble. That is that is the same. That is the same scene. Like. Uh, I actually have a black belt. <laughs> He's like, 
Yeah, he's like, yeah, I have a black belt. He's like, okay. And J- Justin Timberlake's like, show me what you got, little pussy bitch. And then so he fights him. And then he basically punches <laughs> him. So that is at this point so- in the movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the same time. And those two party chicks, one being Amanda Seyfried, are like, wet as hell from this and they're like wow this 15 year old <laughs> stolen boy is pretty hot well, yeah, he like tussles with jt yeah yeah jt's like all right kiddo yeah, like yeah, you're and cool then he's, and then they're like how old are you and he's like 17 and then mm-hmm. emo boy is yeah. like dude you're fucking 15 he's, he's like, like shut up bro and he's so, like, they don't care, bro. So then it cuts to the scene where this girl's like, you're not going to believe what I can do. And she chugs this entire, like, red drink, like, I don't know, beer. Yeah, it's like a, some, a yeah, Seagram's. Something like that. It looks like a Shirley Temple yeah. in a bottle. And so she chugs the whole thing, like, like elf. Like, you know how, like, um, Will Ferrell chugs an entire Diet Coke? <laughs> and elf? <laughs> Will Ferrell? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, does anyone know what I'm talking about here? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I, I sure so, don't. Wow, okay, another movie. We, we skipped need to over the scene where the girl interrupts her mom fucking. But no, that's on. after this. We'll get it there. It is? It is, it is. Don't worry. So. All right. All right, you take the reins. Um, <laughs> so, so this girl chugs the whole bottle. Like, we stay on her, chugging the entire bottle. They're like, wow, that was pretty cool, girl. And then, so he's like, yeah, well, I can do it, too. So then we have to stick around watching this guy, the 15-year-old, chugging the bottle also. This is a it's long so scene. It's so long, and it keeps going. And it's like that same thing of, like, why are we still here? Why are we still watching them chug these, like, who, uh, the point was made. Like, he can't do it. Like, he, he fucks yeah, up. Yeah, he can't he do like, it. He takes a like, break. all over and the then, place. He keeps going. And so he finishes the bottle and then they're like, wow, that was pretty hot. And so, so then, <laughs> so then, <laughs> that, yeah, that's really what's going through every girl's, oh, no, she, and she also says, yeah, like says, what passes for hot. She yeah, also like, says, I, I, like, like, you should see me with the beer bong. Boy. Like, why is being a stolen <laughs> boy hot? Yeah. She's like, you should see me with the beer bong. All right, so so the then last... they go to the pool. They sneak into this pool nearby. And they're playing. Yeah, my timeline is all fucked up. We're at the pool sexy time scene already. Yeah, they go to the pool. They're playing Marco Polo, and this dude's just like pussyfooting around. Can I say this? This is this is this scene is 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 a little sexy. I have to say. I mean, yeah, they're about to fuck (laughs) in a pool, (laughs) so um, (laughs) it makes sense. Okay. So then they're playing Marco Polo, and he's like. He basically come Amanda Seyfried's character lures him over and he she like takes off his blindfold and they're all naked in the pool and he's like Polo, she takes off his blindfold, they start making out, and girl number two, Chug Girl, pops up and is like, What's up? Then they both start making out <laughs> in the pool. And then it cuts. <laughs> so then and then it goes and then I don't really remember what happens after that. No, but he's like kind of making out with both of them, which I thought was pretty rad. Yeah, there was some twosome action, threesome action happening there. <laughs> wow. Gets pretty hot. This is which. This is pretty two thousand six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, fade to black. Okay, and 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 you leave the rest up to the yeah. imagination. Which in my head, I was mm-hmm. kind of like, well, where did, did they go fuck after this? Where did they go fuck? Did they bring towels? I hope they brought towels. Like. Bro, they imagine- were fucking in the fucking pool. I hope dog. so too. Oh, 
God, that just sounds really bad. Why? For the girls. Because it's, like, really bad for your vagina to fuck in a pool. The whole... Yeah, the whole ecosystem down there gets fucked up. The chlorine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chlorine. Chlorine. Lots of lots yeah. of water. Uh, yeah. Oh, just no. dropping you some don't want that water in the vagina. Up no in your gas. Yeah, just dropping yeah. some knowledge on you, no males. Mm-hmm. We're here Thank to you. learn. Thank you for educating well. us. Well, we're gonna. Yes, <laughs> we're going to. We're going to do better in the future. Um, Don't fuck any women in chlorine so. pools. Is what I'm just trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so I. So we've we've now we've now smash cut to a, a party with like a margarita. It's Emil Hirsch and Olivia Wilde at like a Mexican restaurant. Uh, what's happening here? Is this important? Yeah. I'm oh, they're to they're out already. Like. What is oh, this fucking oh, movie? Oh, and we then, the okay, okay so the then, this is Ralph's kid. part. Ralph, you were so excited mm. to talk about the part where she interrupts, um, so they ba- they get home, and she interrupts her mom having sex with their dad, because it's their anniversary. Oh, yeah, and then she's like, I'm trying to fuck your father. <laughs> And then she's like, <laughs> they're they're having like a real issue, and she's like, no, she's like trying to like get real with her it's mom. Not happening. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I'm trying to find where I am in my part. notes. Basically, Amy Poehler's character in Mean Girls. I'm a cool mom. I'm like, a cool mom. But just like trying to fuck her husband, so which I think is very valid. Yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, like back the fuck off. Like they get one day. They get one day a year to fuck. It's so important to like maintain a physical relationship to like keep Absolutely. the spark in a marriage. I think so, that's yeah. I think that's true. It's important for parents to Unless, fuck. <laughs> yep, so important. And that little <laughs> shit was trying. All right, to so am I right it. that next we have Foster <laughs> and the family at home? Sharon Stone is losing it, and we have a bunch of like completely unnecessary split screens that are just like of the same image like split like like serving no purpose and it's like Hirsch gets on the phone with Foster and Foster like yells and does like a hell of a lot of like fucking face acting and says like I'm gonna kill you then like Hirsch calls his lawyer and then like JT's talking to like concerned girl by the pool it's like yo you think that's bad like Hirsch like offered me money to fucking kill him and she's like you know and he's like yo Susan, do me a favor and have a period or something, which I highlighted as one of the key quotes of the movie. It's like, yo, Please Susan, go have sex. Have go have sex in the pool and get some fucking chlorine up in your gooch, yo. Like, what the fuck? Oh, uh, Susan, please do me a favor and uh, shed your uterine lining, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, what God. you need is some chlorine I up in y'all. I was screaming when, that li- when they said that. I was like, wow. You know what? He's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> what was the point there? <laughs> to go have a period. If I could ha- go have a period, just like I, I would on your I, own yeah, schedule. Just, just push just, the button and just have it. You know, just to get it out of the way. Yeah, get yeah. it out of the way. <laughs> you know, just as something to do to keep me busy. <laughs> it's something to do. We all in, in these, these in these unprecedented times. times. We all need things to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he gets a call, and apparently, like, all right, so, like, Anton's going home, so, like, Hirsch and Loser Guy, 
Go to emo guys. Or, or who? This is Pete Campbell's house, who I mistakenly thought was emo guy when I was writing the notes. He's like, dude, we need a very unnecessary scene. Like, dude, can we borrow your mom's car? All right, so they burst into the ladies' room. Okay, so these are my notes. This is when they have the fucking... All right, so they burst into oh. the ladies' room and drag some girl mid-shit off the toilet, and they start smoking <laughs> weed. Uh, JT gets some call about some guy who wants to start shit, and Anton's like, yo, let me help you whoop his ass. See, this... I knew you guys were getting ahead of me, goddammit. This is when they have their little tussle, and uh, he throws them into oh. the uh, the bathtub or whatever. All right, so next... Uh, yeah, they're at the... Okay, so next we see Hirsch, Olivia Wilde, and Emo Boy at a Mexican restaurant. Uh, what was Fiesta, by the way? So that was never random. clarified for me. And she's like, I want to... Uh, can I tell you a secret? <laughs> yeah, what? I want to suck your... Duh. But then Hirsch excuses himself outside. JT is having violet sex with some chick. When Hirsch calls him, he answers on a non-wireless landline. Anton is going home. All you motherfuckers need to go. Party's over. JT clears out the party. So they're like preparing to do the switch off. And uh, everyone is saying goodbye to Anton. The women are just like in this car and they're who he just fucked. And they're like both fully dressed. And they're like, teehee, call me. Like the, the like all just all the messy bitches are filing into their clown car and they're like, <laughs> bye, Anton. And he's like, damn, this shit rules. God, there's so many <laughs> and, messy uh, bitches in this movie. And then this cuts to a scene where, like, uh, Hirsch is with, like, Bruce Willis and HDS. They, like, appear for the first time in, like, 70 minutes. I forgot they were both in this movie. Yeah. And uh, they're, like, they're like conferencing with him. And, like, Loser Guy shows up to the spot and is, like, let me kill Anton. And JT tries to calm him down. And he, like, roughs him up. And is like, I this is the am kid not gay. I'm going to kill him. Yeah, this no. is the same guy that they were pretty much <laughs> hazing while they were they were calling him... The F word. Yeah. Uh, for gay. It's like, and it's like killing killing uh, Anton is going to prove that he's not gay yeah, is basically exactly. the significance that it takes on. Yes. And uh, it's like they're going to they're going to like go dig a grave and JT splits. Loser guy loads a gun at one point uh, where where the guy is at and he ends up like taking like um, uh, the guy to like go dig a grave. I love that like. It's it, it, the funny thing about like the cucked guy who's like accused of being gay. Like it does kind of like speak to how insecure people can be where it's like his friends are calling him gay and that makes him feel so insecure that it's like, yeah, well, I'll show you <laughs> would a gay guy commit murder. And he's like weirdly like perversely <laughs> down to like kill this innocent child <laughs> because Just his to friends prove that were... he fucks bitches and not yeah. boys. That's. Which is really, it's it's just a very important part of male bonding. <laughs> is 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 just uh, together committing the murder of an innocent to prove that you don't like cock. But uh, yeah. So yeah, anyway, JT's yeah. freaked out by this and he leaves. <laughs> Wait, JT, can I can I say something really quick? Um, please go I ahead. I found out today that there's a whole like group on sub uh, on Reddit that um, they don't wipe their their buttholes uh, because it's gay. Oh. Yeah, I mean, really? it's gay to this? touch one's butthole at all. Yeah, it's it's gay to is the rationale. Yeah, um, I, I, it, please go on. To quote, I think it's gay. They say it, it's gay to use any products on your body. So, 
or it's it's feminine to use any product on your body so to use it on your butthole is the ultimate way of <laughs> proving yourself that you're gay and so then but like there were there was like a personal testimony from this person who hadn't wiped their asshole in like four years and he was like <laughs> he was like yeah i haven't had any problems it doesn't i've i've been doing it totally fine it's been completely natural and my asshole doesn't smell um and i'm not gay <laughs> and most importantly um <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a huge it was a huge uh, thing. I mean, we can there's so many other ways to talk about the 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 ways to prove that you're not gay. Um, but that's that's just one that I heard there about. There are today, so many ways about. to discuss the ways in which you're not gay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> truly. Truly. Truer words never spoken. If you if you listen to this podcast, wipe your ass. Okay? Yeah. That's yeah, step yeah, yeah. one. Whatever I don't care how you get it done. Please get it done. <laughs> clean your asshole, please. please clean your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we are clean in no way ass. endorsing not wiping your asshole. I'm the first one to endorse keeping a fucking. If you're a listener to this asshole podcast, I want to be able to eat out of your asshole. All right. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black, white, gay, straight. Uh, Go off. You know, we we want to we want a, a rainbow coalition asshole. of, of, of right. wiping your ass. I believe mm-hmm. that wherever you come from, whoever you are, you should have a clean asshole. He's being taken off the, the clean, ballot. Nice in clean New York. It's perverse. The death of democracy. That's anyway, right. mm-hmm. all right. So anyway, JT catches up with Anton at the apartment, and he's watching Austin Powers curiously on the TV. And JT is like, hey, man, you want to take a drive, do something? He's like, uh, no, I just want to hang out. Like, he doesn't realize that he's about to fucking get got. And um, and so uh, Hirsch and Olivia Wilde burst into a house with Willis and Henry Dean Stanton and, like, weirdly fucking what's his name? The father of uh, Olivia Wilde is some guy. He's Alan Thicke. Like, Alan Thicke is bafflingly in only, like, one shot of this movie. And they're like, what the fuck are you going to do? Blah, 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 whatever. Okay, so, like, loser guy who has been dispatched to kill uh, Anton shows up. And he's like, hey, dog, I'm going to take you home. And then he talks to JT on the balcony. And he's like, hey, man, I got to do it again. He's like weirdly like psyched to get to be the guy who kills the kid. <laughs> he's like, he's like, if not, man, we'll will get life and they're okay so they're driving Anton to his death and he's oblivious he's like yo dogs no homo for real though no homo I love you guys and I won't (laughs) never rat your asses out so JT emo kid and loser guy are walking Anton to his grave and he doesn't have a clue he's saying tragic shit like you know I think I'm gonna be like nicer to my mom bro like it sounds gay but she's like my best friend in the whole world like it's so much like gay panic <laughs> he shit really it's like says, dude it like, sounds gay wow. but I love my mom he literally says that yeah it's so Hell, is, sweet is it gay to love your mom <laughs> it's it's really it's like wow he really just doesn't want to be gay but he really loves his mom and he was expressing that and he was getting like very mushy with these guys like really vulnerable with them and they were all just like all right kid like we're about to yeah kill your like in his mind to speak to the moment it's like the very concept of love is in itself gay because one's mother yeah. is presumably a woman so it's like why would it be gay to love a woman but it's like the fact yeah. that you're being emotionally available in the first place 
is itself. Well, and I think that, like, I think it's a nod to, like, how people were using the word gay to just say something was, like, weird or... Or just, lame, or of course. Lame yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but it is, it is, like, it is a little gay to love your mom because she did raise a, like, a boy, <laughs> you know? Like, she did raise a man. Very so, true, very you know. true, yeah. Yeah. Do you, I want you to expand on that. That that yeah. that theory. I ooh, ooh. oh I could go on <laughs> I could go on for for some time but uh but but we we've we've sure, got to sure, get sure. this movie okay guys. so they're walking like, Anton <laughs> to his death and uh, uh uh they walk past some hikers and it's like shit witnesses and then immediately we have like the the subtitles like witness number thirty seven and thirty eight yeah yeah that was annoying and like emo kid freaks he cries he gives Anton a hug and then he leaves. Anton is like, JT, what's going on? This isn't very future sex love sounds of you. And then it starts to it starts to dawn on him what's happening and he's like, Oh man, oh, no. this is gay, man. And he starts crying and losing it. And, and he's like, like you wouldn't, JT you wouldn't like, really I, do this to you you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna kill me, are you? You're not gonna he's do like, this. JT, he's like, JT, I thought we were friends. And it's just like a bunch of back and forth of him saying like JT being like, Yeah, dude. We love yeah, they you. have like this tortured you, dialogue, reaching the spot, and so like they reach the pre-dug grave, and everyone's losing it. So like JT tearfully starts tying him up with tape, and he's like, and he's like, I don't want to die, and he's like, you're my boy, yo, I wouldn't hurt you, you're my boy, no homo, you're my boy, I would kill you, and like just <laughs> no as homo, JT, no homo, no homo, no homo, I'm tying you up, J- <laughs> I'm hard as fuck, and, <laughs> and just as like JT starts finishing like taping up his mouth, loser guy is like, he just fucking. The movie gets like pretty successfully grim at this point. It, yeah. it got a little like darker and more graphic than I expected because like loser guy just fucking decks Anton, like knocking him with a shovel into the shallow grave yeah. and then like takes out his fucking like tech nine and just like blah, 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 just like fucking shoots in the death. Next in a incredibly unnecessary and distracting touch Sharon Stone is doing the we're finally uh, reunited with like the faux documentary device Uh, so Sharon Stone is like for whatever reason in a fat suit (laughs) (laughs) I'm 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 looking at it right now it it, I can't tell if it's a fat suit or like it kind of it looks obviously a fat suit she doesn't she's thin earlier in the movie that's obviously not what Sharon Stone looks like well well, yes, but like I'm, I'm, I'm watching it right now, and it like I see a lot of digital artifacting. It it looks oddly not like prosthetics. I'm not sure what's it's going on. It's really at bizarre. least partly a costume. It's, Are you kidding? That's not a completely CG. Yeah. Well, well, anyway, the point is, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it was you know augmented. Bottom line is that she's looking fat. She's not looking great. She's, She's looking, looking not, not great. I assume the, the reason for this is that, like, at the time of the movie, whatever character she's, whatever person she's based on happened to be overweight. So it was, like, a misguided, like, oh, well, we should make her fat for the present day part. Even though it's, like, weirdly distracting. And I feel like Sharon Stone, like, she probably only, like, shot for two days on this movie. But she tries very hard in this last scene. And she gives like a very shouty, mm. like emotional, like 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 final plea, right? Yeah. And, uh, to, mm-hmm. She's basically like just trying to say she. This is her basically saying that she's tried to commit suicide three times since 
her son's passing and just what a bottomless pit of depression and hopelessness that she's in. Um, But also, like, I feel bad for saying the words fat uh, earlier. I just want to say that she's gained weight, but whatever you want to call it. Um, Oh, here we go. I just, you know, I feel like I want to clarify. I want to clarify that it's, it's, it's just... I feel like they cast Sharon Stone, like not like for the star power and not for the character. Obviously, of the role. they just wanted like Bruce. Her and Bruce Willis were clearly only like cast looking, and shot for two days, like so you can like attach those person, names to the thing. But yeah. she's just looking. She just looks like a different person than what Sharon Stone is or who she is. So, yeah, I don't know. I just want to make sure that's clear. I mean, and it's just kind of a. It's just kind of a cheap trick, yeah. you know. Like if you wanna, if you wanna show that someone's, you know, like really hit rock bottom. Like, like oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? Skinny. Oh, she right, got fat. Right. Yeah. You know? Which. But even that, Lloyd, it's like it, it's a lot to like suddenly for only one scene introduce like this like hilariously yeah. gratuitous it's, fat suit. <laughs> it's pretty bizarre. It's very jarring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, like it, it, it looks like it's out of a different movie. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. suddenly we're just doing the clumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fat suits were very cool in the 2000s, though. I gotta say, they yeah, were everything. Yeah. Um, this is on the way out, though, okay. on the fat suits. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't yeah. see that, though, in a modern movie. I feel like fat suits have become a thing of the past. Yeah. Like, when oh, was the last time you saw a fat suit? I think the last time I fought, saw a fat suit was on. That's Tom ableist Cruise. now. The what? Tom Cruise. Didn't he wear a fat suit uh, for... Oh, in Tropic Thunder? But that's like the same year as this. That's like 2007. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, not like you can't You can't feed a family of four making fat suits anymore. That's, that's right. For sure. No more, unless you're Tyler Perry, no more fucking well, yeah. fat suit franchises. <laughs> Used to be a lot of good union jobs making fat suits. <laughs> not anymore. Um, but I All think... Right. I think so anyway, to, yeah. Skip... Skeptical girl goes knocking on JT's place. She's like, Anton is dead. He's like, bitch, I don't know what you're talking about. And then, like, uh, uh, the ugly, back. desperate bro goes to Peter Campbell from Mad Men's house. The guy tries to, like, ask to borrow his car, but he's arrested. Next, uh, okay, here's a good scene. Hirsch and Olivia Wilde are at some car dealership. He switches out a car. Then they're at some, like, random motel, and Olivia's like, everything all right? It's like, do you want to fuck? And he's like, yeah, sure, we can fuck. And they start fucking, but, like, she can't get into it. And she's like, your dick isn't even hard. It's like a fucking piece of bubble gum. And he's like, oh, all right, well, I don't know. And it's like, he's like, I got other things on my mind. Next, we have a vertigo vertigo shot as Olivia Wilde sucks his presumably flaccid dick. Something is afoot. He still can't get his dick hard. (laughs) Olivia's not having it. He's like, hey, yo, fuck you, suck my dick. And she's like, hey, I tried that and it didn't work. He storms out. He's walking around. They arrest Olivia. Uh, like, the cops are there. There's too much back matter here. Uh, there's, like, too much. Like, <laughs> it clearly peaks with, like, Anton being killed. So, like, there's too much of an epilogue after this. I feel like, like, the movie has already climaxed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, but, like, I mean, it tr- just basically ensues this, like, montage of everyone getting arrested. Everyone who was involved getting, you know, seized by the police. Um, yeah. And you know he uh what uh who the main guy Jesse James Hollywood is actually able to he somehow skip like skirts the police like they arrest Olivia Wilde's character just as soon as he goes across the street for some cigarettes or something and then he hitchhikes 
to, um, there, yeah, there's this, like, random montage at the end. It's just this movie just keeps going on these, like, weird dead ends and then doesn't really follow through. And where it ends, I think, is pertinent because it ends on a shot of, like, Emile Hirsch, like, somewhere having escaped in, like, this nice linen suit. And he's, like, he looking cool, from, uh, like, Brazil. adjusting his collar as he's walking toward the camera. And on the one hand, we have the, like, title card that says that, like, his real-life avatar was captured and is currently on death row. But but it feels like it's just getting at, out of the way because the note we end on emotionally is that this character whose socioeconomic background we never really interrogated, the note we end on, the image we end on emotionally is just him looking cool in a suit, walking away as if he yeah. got away with it. Yes. So it's almost like the yes. movie is covering its ass by having like the subtitle that says like, uh, hey, he got caught, but actually, doesn't he look more fucking cool? Our guy like made it through, you know. Yeah, looking like Ray Liotta. He went to Brazil and lived there for I think six months before uh, somebody caught. He got caught and and he went to life to jail for yeah. life. So that's the Which movie. But like, Carol, I would like you to kind of um, uh, 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 tell us what your theses were, or what your kind of conclusions were about the movie, or or. or what it made you think about well, like what's I think it brought up a lot of just like the 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 kinds of things that the white kids were doing in in my neighborhood uh when we were in high school which was just like getting arrested for possession drug possession um th- like theft of gas stations like just kind of like really small crimes but like just because their parents were pretty you know, uh, affluent, but like didn't really have much to lose. Um, I feel like this also had a lot to do with like how, um, the etiquette of the suburbs is to just kind of like not really acknowledge conflict and to just ignore it. And if it goes away, interesting. what do you mean by that? What do I mean by ignoring conflict? Like, yeah, basically just like kind of I don't know, like, just not not acknowledging that uh, somebody owes you money or, you know, because really when you, it comes down to how this guy, it, it was over a $1,200 debt, like a measly $1,200. That's, mm-hmm. that's what we're getting from Daddy Trump, you know, like we're not getting that much. I spent por- a portion of mine on a tracksuit, yeah. That rules. Congratulations. Um, What'd you spend your trunk bucks on? Uh, I haven't spent them yet. Did you get yours though? Uh, no, I, not yet. Oh, huh. All right, um, we'll go on. But neither have I. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I think I signed up for mine late. Mm. Um, but yeah, just like that kind of like general avoidance of conflict in that exists in like kind of suburban culture of just like minimalizing any kind of. Con- strong conviction or con- conflict that might come up so as to just ignore and gloss over any kind of imperfection um, th- that might stain an image. Uh, but isn't the bigger thing kind of like these like white boys from like, I, I don't know the backstory, but at least a relatively affluent lifestyle right. just kind of like 
cosplaying being like right and so that's the type of criminality that results from coming from like a disadvantaged background being born from the this like culture of just like shoving everything under the rug it's like kind of like liberating for these kids to finally like hash it out and like have like have that like um issues coming to a confrontation and you know but eventually getting into deep so like if you don't have a healthy relationship with conflict and you let it and you bottle yeah. it up and you pretend it doesn't exist, then it will explode into, you know, pretending to be a, a drug dealer yeah. and like killing a teenager it, because that's the only way that you can convince your friends that yeah, you're not. Yeah, because it's like privilege exactly. has such a uh, has such a like stupefying effect on the mind. It's like if I can't accrue respect or like social currency points through just like being me it's like oh i have to prove myself by doing something like more extreme or like criminal or transgressive because just like being a normal person in a relatively stable environment uh uh, hasn't served me like i fell short of that so it's like the way i'm going to overcorrect that is by subverting my privilege and being some kind of like aesthetic approximation of what i perceive to be like a cool criminal of what's of of what it looks like to have something to lose and to see somebody Mm -hmm. um who has with an al pacino like poster on their wall but you know who had a recent birthday we salute salute <laughs> go on um and it, 80 years old love you be, Al. go on like, Carol. it's like oh i just came from my parents house who said oh it's really not about the money we just can't we just don't trust you on an emotional level to give you this money you know we have it but we won't spare it and then like having to it's just the parallels of um of what it's like to have something to lose versus not having that much to lose are, I think what the most apparent to me, uh, in this movie, um, and just kind of the general colorblindness of it all, like the whole Bob Marley quote, um, yeah. you know, how, how drugs were being, uh, were crossing into the suburban borders and how like laws were being made to, protect them and and you know it was protect protect them as in uh white privileged kids teens um i think that's a great point about like not having a lot to lose because it's like yeah that makes you that makes you that makes you stupider and that like frees you up to be like oh yeah because then it's like the criminality that you glimpse through media is just kind of like an aesthetic exercise yeah so it's like if you're if you're not conditioned to consequences it's like oh yeah i can engage in this it's just kind of a pose and then when there actually are consequences um it's like whoa what the fuck yo yeah and it just seems so they just Mm. seem so idiotic once they're they're like oh you can get life for kidnapping somebody and so huh? like i feel like an al pacino like a real <laughs> Yo, bro, a apparently real like al if you kidnap someone you can go like, to jail for fucking mad long bro what the fuck yeah like the fact that they were dumbfounded <laughs> by this that they had no idea of the consequences that they were even sitting there being like 
oh wow i actually am gonna get in trouble is like and see that to me is is the media like, part yeah. of the movie but the movie itself is not aware of that if you which were relating if you to my already, earlier no. point, if you were a already, better version of this movie would have been a satire that prioritizes yes, yes. that point of view exactly. yeah and if you weren't yeah. already predetermined as a criminal based on the color of your skin, you would have already gotten past that hump. But because he was white, he hadn't yet considered the fact that he's already a criminal. And that's what I'm trying to say about this movie, what it was making me think about. So mm. I think it was just like, it's just, I, I don't know. I think it, a lot of movies came out, like followed this one um, that kind of glamorized how like, how fun it was to be a white kid in the suburbs to get away with drugs and crime and sex and you want to have your cake and eat it too like you enjoy the privileges but yeah pineapple express came out in 2008 bling ring came out in 2008 based on a real story breaking bad uh spring breakers came out in 2012 project x like all those movies were just glamorizing the whole. You're enjoying, you're enjoying this drug dealer lifestyle that is usually associated with POC, but you're safeguarded by your whiteness in enjoying it. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of like all these, all of these movies came after, like this one in 2006. I'm not saying this was the turning point and that people cared that much about this movie, but I'm just saying like it was kind of more of a more of a theme in the following years after this movie yeah. was released. And this also mm. hails from like, so it's I like think... that, but also it's like a pre-woke period where it became hip yeah. to be like a white person who checks their own privilege. So yeah. it's like kind of in that mid-period. What were you going to say, Lloyd? Which I was going to say, I think the, 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 moral, the moral of this story is, is fight with your family, fight with your friends, fight with your loved ones, <laughs> fight early, fight often, Get a taste for conflict. Get it out of your system, so that you don't become an Emil Hirsch, a uh, a Johnny True Love, if Oof. you will. You know what I call um, him? Because you Johnny False Love. What do you, what do you call him? Ooh, brutal, brutal, <laughs> devastating. False love is what I call him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, folks. Johnny well, False Love is canceled. This uh, jumbo sized up. We know you have nothing <laughs> fucking Super better sized, to do. I would say. Follow uh mm-hmm. follow us mm-hmm. on Twitter, follow the pod at Feeling Well Pod, follow Lloyd at Void Howler, follow me at Hey Ralph Man. Carol, where can we find you? Do you have a Twitter, you? Carol? Plug, plug whatever you like. Oh. Um uh you can follow Do you want to be found? <laughs> I mean, you're just gonna find a lot of shit posting, but I've uh my Twitter is underscore Carolbot, also on Instagram, underscore Carolbot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Carol, yeah. you have to follow me back for my most recent account. You don't follow okay, me. Okay, you're back on Twitter now. <laughs> I don't mean to like What's air this on, on the pod, but you okay, don't I think follow you me currently. Are it makes about me to very air upset. It on the pod. No, we're we're so you we're doing conflicts. Let's let's hash back. this out. What's going on? It's it's at Hey Ralph Man. Follow me back, please. Hey Ralph okay, I followed man. you. You didn't follow me back when okay. I got my new account after I told a man to kill himself. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty messed up, Carol. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Carol Lloyd. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Carol. See you guys.